Hello and welcome to the Tightwad Teacher Podcast, brought to you by Element Opie Productions, elementopie.com. And now, here are your hosts, John Mikulski and Brian Brueger. Hello everybody, welcome to the Tightwad Teacher, episode 29, selling lesson plans online for January 21st, 2012. And yes, I, I did say that the way that it's written. Um, the title this week has a question mark in it because that's actually what we're going to be focusing this episode on, whether or not selling lesson plans online is a, an acceptable thing for teachers to be doing. So um, that was not me uh, stuttering and that was not me tripping over lines. I actually rehearsed that today. It wasn't um, but, just a Ron Burgundy moment. It was on yeah. the prompter. <laughs> <laughs> Selling lesson plans. I'll say whatever you put in front of me, guys. No, um, so before we get started, I'm John Mikulski. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Brian Brueger. Say hi, Brian. Howdy. How are you guys doing? And also uh, with us again, our master, our commander-in-chief, Mr. Mark Cockrell. Hi, Mark. Howdy. I don't know how you got suckered into doing this with us. I, it, you you started <laughs> off, you were just going to be the, the quiet, silent producer, sitting in the wings, once in a while, throwing down words of wisdom, and we've totally sucked you into the show now. Well, it turned out you needed adult supervision. And, uh, and so we couldn't got, find one, yeah, so we pulled you in. You couldn't in. find anyone, so I was the next best thing. <laughs> exactly. Well, that leads uh-huh. us right into the first topic, I guess. Brian, you had some uh, poop story for us, yeah? <laughs> Yeah, let's well, just go yeah, straight with um, the fecal matter. That's the way to go. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to go downhill, let's go downhill on a slippery slope, right? Oh. <laughs> the um yeah, in my perusing uh through my Flipboard app, which you know kind of collates all my uh, RSS feeds and everything like that. I was flipping through and I found the story and just felt like it was perfect for Actually, John was the first person I thought of when I saw it. <laughs> and then I was going to send it to me. I was going to send it directly to him. And I was like, wait, I'll hold it for Tuesday and, and add it to the podcast. It is the iPoo toilet. Um, is you this heard a me right. Real product? Just, yes. <laughs> go to Google, type in iPoo toilet. I, I've seen the mockups, uh, but I just couldn't believe it. And it is a toilet shaped like an apple. And the back of the toilet is actually, you know, the leaf of the toilet. And then the, the bowl is apple shaped and everything. And I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And, you know, I thought of John first and then close second was actually thinking of Sean. <laughs> he loved the, this. He loved pooping on the, apple. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was trying to figure Who is this product for? People who love apple or hate apple? <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks ergonomic, though. If you look at the pictures, I imagine it's comfy. It's the most wonderful, <laughs> beautiful, amazing, fantastic toilet ever. Absolutely. So it was just a, a humorous and, you know, why did I bring it up? Well, why not? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, John, on, on the uh, the poop topic, um, did you have some news uh, from I, the week? I do. I have big news, and I wasn't planning on sharing this, but it really does tie in so nicely with your your topic. Uh, my son will be three actually next month, so he's doing the whole potty training thing right now, and, and he's got uh, um, the easier of the two parts, I guess, figured out. He's still having a hard time uh, taking care of, of business on the, on the potty. Um, he usually hides in his room when he has to go number two, but today I got home and I found out that he actually pooped twice on the potty, which was a big deal, and 
um, unbeknownst to me, my wife uh, had to bribe him, and the bribe was actually uh, an evening playing with my iPad. So my iPad is actually the poop reward um, for my my <laughs> almost three year old, and I I just took a look at it now. He's had it out, and he's pretty good about it. He knows how to you know swipe, and he knows how to close out apps and and open things. But uh, I took a look, and he's also figured out now that if you hold down on the the apps for a while, that's when you can either move them or it makes delete them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I looked and actually my control panel or the, the tray at the bottom is completely empty right now. There's a bunch of things missing. It's probably going to take all night for me to get my iPad back to the way it was before he pooped. But uh, I guess it's a good trade off. <laughs> so he pooped on your iPad. He did. Well, he did when he could have had a really nice uh, toilet to do it on. Well, before we move on to the, <laughs> the next serious topic, that leads right into me. We're, it's all about kids and body functions, apparently, tonight. Um, my seven-year-old, uh, it's winter, and she was having the whole uh, uh, chapped upper lip thing from the runny nose. You know, we, kids go through that sort of stuff. And so her mom uh, had her put some Vaseline on it to help soothe the, the soreness. And being the dad, I walked through the room, saw the glistening under her nose, and said, Honey, you need to blow your nose. And so the wisdom of the seven-year-old was Vaseline looks a lot like snot. So I just thought you'd like to know that. Good. Good to know. Good to know. Duly noted. <laughs> well, I had one other thing. Um, this is particularly for our live listeners because when this podcast comes out, you won't know about it. But you can wow your friends a week later with uh, the amazing facts. Um, and that is just a quick reminder that in protest of the SOPA legislation, there are a number of websites, including Wikipedia, that will actually be going dark tomorrow for a 24-hour period. So I just thought I'd bring that up and um, let our our live listeners know that um, that's why you can't get to Wikipedia tomorrow. There's some serious circular irony going there. In order to protest the fact that Wikipedia could be blocked, they're blocking themselves. I'm not quite sure I follow the logic. Well, I think it's just to raise awareness, you know. Actually, I found out about that exactly. today. I missed it on the news uh, until this evening, but I found out about it today at school. My principal actually sent out a, a forward that someone had sent to her saying, you know, give teachers notice and if they're planning on using Wikipedia as a resource or, you know, in whatever way in, in class, it's going to be unavailable. So I, th my principal, I can speak, you know, for her, is not the most tech-savvy person. She doesn't know what SOPA is, and, and to be honest, I'm kind of impressed she knows what Wikipedia is. But the fact that they're doing this, it is bringing awareness of something that a lot of people don't really uh, don't really see, you know. Sure. So it's all only right. confusing to nerds. It is. It is. They just know that it's something <laughs> that the nerds are all up in arms about now, and that's good enough for them. Uh, so nerds right, well, up in arms. Up in arms. Let's uh, let's bring on our guest. Our, our guest has actually been listening into this, and I give him a lot of credit for not just disconnecting after like the third or fourth poop joke. So uh, I, I think we got a keeper for today. Um, so I technically, you know, in addition to having a question mark in the title, technically, uh, I might even consider this episode 28B because it really is a, an extension of last week. You know, last week, uh, we can blame this on Brian because his teacher tip was teacherspayteachers.com. And right away, I had a couple questions about it and we got talking about it. And I even said, I think as an aside, oh, we should get someone on from there. And that's kind of what we did. And I'll get to the kind of in just a second. But let me let me bring on our guest today, our, our poor guest who really probably didn't know what he was getting himself into. Um, our guest is Chadwick Harvey. He's uh, a substitute teacher and also someone who is uh, using the teacher pays 
teacherspayteachers.com website as um, a seller for his, his own materials. Um, Chadwick, how are you doing? Can you hear us okay? I am doing fine. Um, I was actually about to cut you off, but I thought I'd wait for the fifth poop joke. But uh. there you go. <laughs> it, it never made it, so you know you're safe now. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Chad, before we, we get into kind of the, the meat of the matter, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what it is that you do. Okay. Um, I uh, have been substitute teaching. Um, I spent two years prior uh, teaching full-time um, in uh, Charlotte-Mecklenburg School District, which is about 30 miles down the road. Um, I accepted a substitute teacher position um, assignment for this year um, due to um, personal reasons and just the need to uh, take care of my uh, dad, um, who had had some emergency surgery last year. Okay, but you, you do have experience in the classroom, and you're certified in a bunch of different areas, isn't that right? I am. I am actually certified in North Carolina in math, science, social studies, language arts, and English as a second language. Okay. Well, let me give you the, the background here a little bit and for our listeners as well. So right after our show last week when we signed off talking about this website that Brian brought up, I immediately went to the website and I sent out a, a contact, a media request through the website. It was a form that they had on there. And maybe the next day, it was within 24 hours, I checked my Twitter and Chad, there was a reply from you with a link to a teacher pay teacher's website. And I thought, oh, this is great. They must have found me on Twitter and we're good to go. So I went ahead and, and booked you. And just this morning, I think I got the email from you that said, um, I'm not the founder of this site. I'm just a guy who uses it. So um, it kind of it was just funny how that worked out. I guess this is what happens when I don't know where you maybe you were spamming me on Twitter or something. And now, look, you're stuck talking to me for the <laughs> night. <laughs> but either way, it actually it works out well because, you know, we're we're going to approach this then as you are you know, just one of the guys, you're another teacher who saw this site and you've actually decided to take advantage of it. So I think that's actually, you can bring a, a good conversation or a good piece to the conversation that maybe we were only speculating at last time. Right. Um, so, yes. And I uh, started on the site in uh, September. Um, I had, I, I uh, decided to um, just search and see if there was any resource for where I could sell my uh, lesson plans on um, online anywhere. And uh, Teachers Pay Teachers came, came up. And so I kind of stumbled across the site myself. I signed on originally in September, was a basic seller. Um, within three months, um, I moved up uh, to a pre premium seller, which in requires making an investment there. Um, but uh, last month, I decided to make that move because I felt it was very well worth it. All right. Now, so the, the premium seller, you, they like charge you as an annual fee or how does that work? Um, it is an annual fee. Basic sellers get to sell for free. Uh, but as a basic seller, you only get to keep 60% of what you sell. Um, as a premium seller, you get to keep 85% of what you sell. And it's uh, so $15.95 basically, per year. Go ahead. Basically, so teacher paid teachers, the, the website itself is making their money off of if you will, the percentage of commissions from each sale then? Uh, yes, sir, they are. Now, are these, I mean, Got this it. is my first concern, I guess, if, if I was in your shoes. Now, are these, um, are these lesson plans, and these are materials that you've developed on your own, correct? Correct, yes. Um, let's talk, like, legality of this first. Um, currently, like, you're not, you're a substitute teacher, but... 
you are, this is essentially materials that you've created on your own. So you don't have to really worry about maybe the district influence on that or the district claiming rights to that. But just le- legally, I know there's so many hurdles that go through and talking about graphics and materials. And especially if you're talking about like historical stuff, whether or not it's in copyright or out of copyright, how do you navigate those waters? Because you can't be selling something that's not yours. Right. Um, you got to be careful. You just got to um, make sure that you are um, abreast of the copyright laws. Um, but um, uh, you also um, have to um, be mindful of what other users um, have out there that you're not um, copying any of theirs. There are some teachers that came on. Um, we did have a conversation on the site a couple months ago at the forum. You know, can I just take a page out of the textbook for my classroom and make a worksheet out of it? And obviously, no, that's a big copyright issue. <laughs> now, is it moderated though? Like, does the Teachers Pay Teachers website moderate this stuff, or is it like an honor system? Because I could see that being really easily abused. Um, it is moderated. They do have the copyright policy um, listed clearly. Um, if you where you can click on it on the site, they have copyright policy link at the bottom. Any uh, reports of copyright infringement, all you have to do, they have a button at the bottom you can click for copyright infringement, and you can make your claim for copyright infringement there. All right. All right. Now, this is this is probably going to be a, um, a, a <laughs> condemning question, and I don't mean it to be that way. Um, but in the terms of service, you know, the big thing that you always, when you sign up for a website, you have to agree to, that everybody does a detailed job of reading and paying close attention to, right? Is Did you read through that, and does it actually address each of those issues in their terms of service at sign-up? It does, yes. I, I read through the terms of service, and it does um, certainly address that. Um, okay, now- so you would be the one. Who's actually read the terms of service? That's the. I was gonna say I've never read that stuff in my life. That is the most told lie on the internet. Yes, I have read and agreed to the terms of service. That that, and what's a torrent? I don't use those. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Down with SOPA. All right, let's go on. All right. Well, I I mean, that was one of my big concerns. Now, that's the first half, Uh, Chad. Maybe you can help me with the other half. If you know that you're not using something that's uh, copyrighted or illegal um, that you found on your own means, how do teachers get around the fact that a a lot of districts, the way that their contract is written, the language of the contract, any materials that are created in school or on school time or through a workshop or, or however they may word it, is actually the intellectual property of the district. And I know that's the case with my school. So even though I've come up with some really good innovative lessons and um, I've done them on my own, I've done them during my, say, planning time. And my district would say those are actually property of the district. If I were to leave, that material stays behind. How does a website like Teachers Pay Teachers know what's acceptable and what's not? Because they could be essentially be getting sued by a school district, not necessarily by you know, Disney because someone threw a picture of Mickey Mouse on their, their worksheet. Well, actually, that's, that's a uh, controversial um, issue right there that is not agreed upon everywhere. You know, some districts, I am aware, do have that intellectual property clause in right. the contract. There are a lot of districts that don't have that. Um, teacherspayteachers.com, one of the things they include, they do have a forum about this, I think it was written by uh, Margaret Wisnett. And um, it, it just talked about, told, encouraged the teachers to keep creating the materials 
and let the detractors argue because this is an issue that really um, is not settled to the point where teachers can't share their materials. And that is something that has been contested a couple of times in court at the collegiate level. I don't know of any cases about uh, public schools, but uh, there have been some professors who've wanted to do things and have been able to uh, shake off that supposed ownership by the uh, employer. Oh, right. Okay. Just a little <laughs> FYI. Oh, and Brian, you're, Brian, you're still scouring that fine print, aren't you? Yeah, I decided to, while we were going through there, I figured if I was going to ask the question, I need to be willing to look up the terms of service myself. So, yeah, I, I look up the uh, in the their frequently asked pa uh, questions page, and I notice that there's the question, does the website review submissions? And they're blatantly stating here that, no, the site was developed to be an open marketplace. Quality is regulated by the free market. And, um, you know, so they don't actually... Um, address a whole lot of the intellectual property stuff here, but they um, they do admit that they're not reviewing those questions. So I just thought I'd pull that up. See, and I looked up the frequently asked questions page, um, you know, to see what they had. So if you actually look up uh, teacherspayteachers.com/faq. You'll be able to get to that and many more questions. Yeah, that's sort of the basic hold harmless clause. Basically, they're saying that we, we can't, sure. we can do whatever we want. You can't say boo about it. Uh, but uh, Chad, you said that there is a, um, uh, a an option to report copyright infringement. Uh, yes, there is. Like they don't review the materials as they come in and say, um, and say, oh, this is a great resource. We want it on the site or, or um, in that to that extent, but they, um, if you have a report, like say that John has this great lesson that I can't, that I happen to get my hands on and I took it online and I sold it and I claimed it was mine. Then John can go on there and he can file a report of copyright infringement against me. Sure. So, so Chad, I'm going to ask the, I'm going to acknowledge the elephant in the room here and ask the unpleasant question. Um, what makes you so special? that you can sell your uh, lesson plans online. There are thousands of sites, hundreds at least, of sites out there where teachers share things, and we're all about, this show is all about sharing ideas. Why Why do you think you can get money? Why are you so much better that I should pay for them? <laughs> I honestly don't know if they are better, but because uh, um, I haven't seen yours, but uh, <laughs> it's all about capital, and um, I would just encourage all teachers, you know, I'm sure you do have some great ideas because we're all unique. Um, my products, they work for some teachers. Um, they fit well into the style of some teachers. I have no doubts that there are some teachers that look at my products and and they think uh, what this guy is offering will never work in my classroom. Well, so. in, in a more general sense, my question was the idea of selling lesson plans uh, is going to be anathema to some teachers. Some teachers are, 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 are never going to accept the concept that they should have to pay for a lesson plan because that's such a simple thing. Although their schools are paying for lesson plans every day when they buy textbooks and workbooks. Um, <laughs> So I just I just wondered if you had uh, had any of those conversations. If anybody said anything to you about it, or was this in, any sort of struggle with you before you started? Anything like that? Um, personally, it was no struggle for me. Um, actually, even within my first job interview, um, I always on my job interviews um, take sample lesson plans with me, and I submitted a sample lesson plan um, when I went for my first job interview. When I went. Um, 
actually to all my job interviews, uh, the job that I got hired for in my uh, teaching position in Charlotte, one of the first things they said is that the material you're submitting in this lesson plan is worthy of being published. And so then you did, <laughs> and now you're getting money for it. <laughs> Two years later, I decided to to check into it and see how I could get some material published. Well, I guess the argument could be, my my hang-up, I guess, or my, my initial concern with a site like this is it's a teacher. You know, it's another teacher, and collegially, we should all be working together and, and sharing resources, whether it's with the teacher who's next door to me in the hallway or one across the country. But at the same time, sites, and, and I don't personally use them, but sites like edhelper.com. Edhelper is a huge site when it comes especially to elementary materials, um, and it's a subscription site that a ton of teachers pay for. So when you start to look at it, something like that, that is not necessarily educators. That's truly a business. It's a company who's making money selling materials. So maybe there isn't a whole lot of difference between that and a site like Teachers Pay Teachers. But I think that's the part that I'm, I'm kind of hung up on um, is, you know, like Mark said, there's so many other places that you can share materials and you can collect materials for free. Um, I don't know if I would go the, the selling route. So let me ask you just to kind of piggyback off that. I know that you use Twitter because that's how you found me. Do you use other places to to gather materials or do you share materials in other places besides just here for for profit um i uh, shared materials like uh um in charlotte as a teacher i shared my materials with the um, team of teachers that i was working with so i didn't require my fellow staff members to pay me for the lesson plans <laughs> yeah that probably you would not you probably would have eaten lunch alone if you had done that, Chad. <laughs> um, so um, I also, you know, as we collaborated across the district, I shared lesson plans um, that way. If I have friends who are teachers, which I've got quite several around in several districts, uh, I really have uh, no problem sharing my lesson plans um, with them. All right. So let me ask you a question. What? So I'm a teacher and I'm looking for material. Now, typically what I do, if I need to find something – um, I go on Twitter and I ask my PLN or I go on um, Ning or I, I even just Google it and something comes up. What would be the argument for someone who's listening right now to say, you know what, screw all that. I'm going to buy it from this guy. Like what makes going to a site like Teachers Pay Teachers a better option or a better alternative? A better alternative? I think uh, one of the alternatives is you're supporting fellow colleagues, uh, people in the same profession um, around the nation. Um, if you go to Scholastic or you go to Ed Helper, pay a subscription on Ed Helper, it's going straight to um, someone with a corporate mindset of profit. In this case, it's going to the teacher. And while there are some teachers doing this to, to make extra cash for themselves to make ends meet, and what we know are difficult ec economic times, uh, there are a number of teachers, including the site's top seller, who are being very generous with the funds they receive and using it to give back where they are teaching. See, that's kind of interesting because that meant, go ahead, Brian. I, I was just going to ask about the feedback then. And, and I kind of want to look at it from two perspectives. Um, one being, or the first being the feedback that you get from, you know, your colleagues that you do interact with that know that you also sell and what type of feedback that they give. But then the second one is what type of feedback do you receive from the users of the site who are either looking at your materials or actually purchasing materials? 
Um, I received mostly uh, positive feedback on uh, both ends. Like my colleagues that I share the idea with, they're they're like, "Oh, this is great. Uh, maybe I should go on and register on the site." So uh, um, there is some interest there. Some of them have said that they they plan to down the road, but right now they're strapped for time. Um, in terms of on the site, I've gotten mostly positive feedback as well um, for my materials. It's got it where you know every time someone buys a material um, from the site from your store. Uh, they can go in, they can review that product, and regardless of what you do, that review is going to stand there um, forever. I'm, okay. I'm curious. You can't answer this question, but I, just for food for thought, I'm curious as to what the ratio is on teachers pay teachers f- of teachers trying to sell stuff and teachers trying to buy stuff. Uh, I, I My thinking is that it's going to be almost all teachers wanting to sell stuff and the teachers wanting lesson plans are going to go to the free sites instead of the pay sites. Actually, uh, right now there are nine, about 9,000, I think, and that I think that might even be overstating. There's about 9,000 sellers on Teachers Pay Teachers, and there's 500,000 registered buyers. Wow. Now, so in they're here, not as tightwad um, as we are here at this show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you mentioned, um, you know, how you got started and... Um, I mentioned a few things in here about in, in the notes that you had provided for us about how you started off with the free account. And then after you switched to the premium account, you made more money, um, to whatever degree you're willing to divulge some of that information, you know, what, you know, assuming that somebody can make quality, um, lesson plans like yourself, what type of expectations should our listeners have if they wanted to go and do something like this? I mean, are they looking at, you know, it will buy them a cup of coffee per month? Or are they looking at, you know, I'm quitting my day job and this is what, it, what I'm going to do? <laughs> well, I think the expectation initially should be just to, to see it as an extra resource, um, kind of like I see it as an extra resource to um, to, to garner some income in these difficult economic times. Um, some of them, it's a great resource to, to get the basic um, money you need to supply your classroom. And then others, you know, over time, it might uh, indeed pay off. But for most, like especially within the first year, uh, most sellers within the first year don't make more um, than a couple thousand dollars at most. Um, and sometimes they don't make more than... In, Six or seven hundred. The the top seller on the site right now is uh, actually Deanna Jump from War- Warner Robins, Georgia. Um, her first year, she says she made three hundred dollars on the site. Um, in October, I think it was, there was an article that ran um, about her that she had earned over two hundred and thirty thousand. So, how much does a lesson cost? What what are the what's the going market? Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not a teacher, so this is completely foreign to me. But uh, is there is there a different amount for a different type of lesson plan, or is there a flat rate, or or how does it generally work? Um, it's all up to the teacher. I mean, uh, one of the things, uh, whoever the teacher seller is, that's that's who's going to make that decision. Uh, they encourage us on the site to be reasonable, but at the same time, don't undervalue your work. Be confident in your work. And uh, if you see see things uh, that sell well as they go along, you might want to 
up the price a little bit. Well, well, give me a number. What is reasonable? What what is a uh, just guess? I'm not going to hold you to it. I'm not going to fact check it. <laughs> what what do you think the average cost of a lesson plan is on Teacher Pay Teacher? Average cost probably about um, seven to eight dollars. Okay, and it, and it's not just lesson plans themselves. It's like um, a lot. Most of the resources are entire unit plans. Okay, so. And- Go ahead, John. And from your experiences, because I imagine you've navigated the site a lot to see, I mean, really your competition, right? Like to see what other <laughs> materials are on there. Is it quality stuff? You know, because when I when I read what Brian found about um, how it's an open market, marketplace, I read that as the site's going to be lazy and let anyone post whatever garbage they have up there and hope it sells. Uh, do you see that or is it all like really quality stuff as you're perusing through do you see stuff and think yeah i'd actually use that i see a lot of stuff that i would actually use um there is every now and then i come across something that i think uh this isn't working i could never use this in the classroom Um, but most of the stuff that i see i consider to be very high quality um, and to have a lot of time and thought put into it all right. And I want to go back to one thing that you mentioned earlier, and I do think it's a good point because, again, when I first found this site, I was thinking, well, it's a teacher looking to capitalize and make as much money as they can. And, and I had a hard, I guess, morally, ethically, I had a problem with that. But you actually brought up a really good point. Uh, it sounds like a lot of teachers, and, and this one that you were talking about, uh, what was her name? Help me. Deanna Jump. Yeah. Deanna. It, it, I, it looks like she's doing it to then also help kind of give back to her her classroom, you know, to buy extra materials and that kind of thing. And when you look at a site like this, from that lens, it's not all that different from other sites that I actually highly, highly regard, like Donors Choose, where you could basically put up a, a project and then people can give money to your classroom. And I guess if you are selling stuff that you create for your classroom so that you could take that money and put it back into your classroom, maybe it's a an easier pill to swallow. Now, how many teachers actually go on there and do that? I guess that's something that you know, there's just not numbers on. <laughs> right. I mean, I can't, I can't answer how many do it to support their classroom. I would say to a certain extent there, there's a, there's a large number of teachers that use that money to a certain extent to support their classroom. Now, if, if I happen to put ideas out there and they sell well, like let's say that I get into the six figure mark, um, is all of that going to go to my classroom? Probably not. No. <laughs> if you were making six figures, let's be honest, Chad, you wouldn't be talking to us right now either, would you? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, is, there, is there a default license that these things are on, or do you write your own license? How does that work? Say I buy one of your lessons and then turn around and post it on my own website for free to the world. Well, is there a recourse there? Is there some agreement I have to sign before I purchase it? How does that work? Um, all of the products, um, all of the products in the in the store, um, offer a Creative Commons um, copyright license, and you define the scope of that license. Like on mine in particular, it, it asked me, do, "Can others modify the work?" And I said, "Yes, they can, as long as they share what they have modified in it." So okay. now some might not allow their work to be modified. So I, I'm I'm fairly familiar with the Creative Commons. All of our podcasts here are released under the Creative Commons license. So what you just described was called an attribution share alike, uh, uh, um, right? Uh, derivation de- de- derivations allowed. So in your case, once I pay you the twenty bucks, whatever it is, it's essentially my lesson plan to do with as I please, right? As long as I say that it came from you. Uh, yes. 
Okay. So wait, Mark, does that mean then that once someone downloads our podcast, they can do what they want with it? That's right. That's what the Creative Commons license means. Now you can say uh, it has to be distributed in whole, uh, and that's that's what we do here with the podcast. No derivations allowed. Uh, is it's you can redistribute it, but you have to redistribute the whole thing. Uh, what he said is you can modify, chop it up, take pieces of it. That's a derivations allowed part of the Creative Commons. Oh, it's, and we don't have that. Right. In our case, it's a no derivations allowed, but uh, you can do whatever you want as long as you link back to our site. Well, there goes any chances of having a, a sweet auto-tune remix. <laughs> <laughs> the so ideas were just running through my I, head. <laughs> the Tightwad Teacher T-Paint Edition. Come oh. on. Come on, <laughs> listeners. Get on that. But so that was one of the questions that, that I had originally. Is uh, So you get to set your own license, but it has to be a Creative Commons license? Um, that's what they offer on the site. Now, if okay. you want to go through some other um, agency and do it that way, then I'm sure you could. Okay. Uh, so almost like file, filing like a, would that be like filing a, a DBA or something? Uh, doing business as. Right. right. <laughs> I, I know what DBA is, but I don't think any of us can answer that question. I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying, you sounded so smart, Mark, and oh, I sorry. was like making fun of T-Pain. I had to kind of bring myself back up to your level. <laughs> I know what the letters DBA are. Let me throw that out there. Now, I would say there are probably some sellers on the site that have copyright license other than the Creative Commons. Um, we do have a lot of uh, companies um, that are coming on the site and selling. Okay. So uh, it sounds like you have the option of doing an all rights reserved if you want. You do, yes. Okay. All right. Well, I I don't know. I, I guess we're starting to wrap up now. Um, so we've now... Let's say we have a listener, Chad, we've completely sold them on the idea. They cannot wait to just give you buckets of money. Uh, tell them if they, they want to take a look at your materials and do that. How do they find you on the website? Um, they would find me by going to teacherspayteachers.com um, slash store slash literacy solution links. And that's L-I-T-E-R-A-C-Y. S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-L-I-N-K-S. So every teacher on the site, every content creator has their own store, and you, you browse the stores? Is that how it works? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Oh, it's I like an Etsy or something. There's a bunch of sites that do these kinds of things now. Okay. And so if I wanted to find a lesson plan for... Um, Feasel Day. I just go to the website, I type in Feasel Day, and everybody who's got a lesson plan about that pops up. What about alignment to various state and national standards? Do you have What's Feasel Day? I don't know. It's something I just made up. <laughs> I loved watching the video, and all of us were like, oh, yeah, Feasel Day. That's probably yeah. on there. Like, no yeah. one knew what to say yeah. to that. <laughs> I was just wondering if you were paying attention. Uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, is, uh, do you have to. I first to thought of festivals. Festivus. There you go. A festivus Must for the rest related of us. To festivus. <laughs> no, no, okay. Back to the serious question at hand. All right. That was a small <laughs> joke that went way out of hand. Um, so when you create a lesson plan, do you have to annotate what, if any, uh, state and or national standards it's aligned to? So that I know I'm, uh, you know, I, in Texas, we have the, our teaks and our tax and all that sort of stuff. Uh, is there any way, assurance that I can know that the lesson I buy for you? is legal and appropriate and allowed in my state. Hmm. 
Um, in terms of the standards, I, I would say you just have to evaluate the lessons. Now, some of the lessons come with, with um, specific statements of the standards they come in. Um, there's a lot of lessons in there right now. I don't think Texas is actually participating in the Common Core, but there are a lot of lessons right now that are talking about the Common Core based. Okay. So, so there's there's no like format for them though. Like everyone's going to upload it uh, in whatever manner that they feel most comfortable with. There's no like standardized format for the website. Uh, no, there's a there's not any particular format. So it's okay. really sort of a caveat mTOR in terms of what you purchase and, and whether or not your superintendent will let you use it. Um, right. I mean, check the policy for your uh, district. Um, you're in Texas. I actually uh, have some connections in Texas. My sister lives there, and uh, my niece's boyfriend's mother um, is actually a teacher in Texas. So one of the first things I did when I got on to Teachers Pay Teachers is I did I did share some materials um, with her, and um, I didn't try to sell any to her since um, you know we're we're friends and everything, and she that's a family connection right there. I offered for her to use some of my ideas in the classroom. And she did say that uh, I would um, love to take a look at some of them. The only problem is our school district has to approve everything before we uh, use it. Right. Niece's boyfriend's mother by redneck standards, you, you can marry her. That would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, John, uh, recover from that. I dare you. Once again, I'm the only northerner up here. I, I, but you know what? As a northerner and being completely liberal, I'd be okay with that. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I, I guess before we get any worse than that, Chad, uh, it, before we let you go, is there anything else that you'd like to say uh, before before we hang up on you? Um, I, I mean, I think teacherspayteachers.com is just a great resource to – to uh, um, check out, um, I would advise teachers, whether you're looking to buy or looking to sell great ideas of your own, get on the site and, and see. Um, you never know how well an idea you have may, uh, may sell with others. And um, you never know what you might find on there. You might find great ideas that you could use um, for your classroom. Well, I, I did have one other question. Uh, other than sending random tweets to guys who have podcasts, what do you recommend? What do you do and how do you recommend you go about marketing your product? I mean, you, you, you are now a seller of a product. You want as many people as possible to know about it. How do you go about marketing that, hopefully in a tasteful manner? Okay, in a tasteful manner, one of the things that um, I uh, uh, do that the site encourages is I've started up my own blog. And my blog is literacysolutionlinks.blogspot.com. And uh, I um, communicate that way. I encourage people to follow me and communicate uh, that way with them. Most of the uh, interaction is based on the Teachers Pay Teacher site. Um, they do encourage you to use different tools that you have that can bring attention to your store. Um, Facebook, they encourage you to create a profile page there for your store. Um, Pinterest is one thing I've recently started on. I'm getting a Pinterest um, site built up. Um, and uh, um, also on Twitter, they encourage you to, to start networking on Twitter with teachers. And uh, one of the things that I, I can really say about it is you said earlier competitors on TeachersPayTeachers.com in terms of the other sellers. Um, 
one of the things I'm, um, um, I really enjoyed about the site is we are all committed to helping one another be successful with our ideas. Um, and if I have an idea that I think will be great and, and they, uh, um, they evaluate it, they can give some advice and say, it is great, but, uh, I do have some tips for you. We work together to help each other, um, on this site. And so that's one of the things that I think is a real benefit of it. Excellent. Well, Jed, uh, thank you again for coming on and uh, I guess shedding some light on the subject. I don't think this was really uh, what you were planning on having happen when when you tweeted me, but um, it worked out really well. So thank you again for your time. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for inviting me on. I really enjoyed it. All right. Thanks, Jed. Take care. Okay. So that was Chadwick Harvey um, shedding some light on, I guess, our previous conversation at the end of last episode about selling work uh let me just real quick let's kind of do like this a one word answer going around whether or not you you would be willing to do this brian would you be willing to sell something like this on a site like that just yes or no yes mark no yeah i don't think i would either only because i said yes or no and i'm going to give an answer as my question i can break the rules (laughs) So you're the host you're allowed to do that exactly you know i i I think he had some really valid points and i do like that idea of taking something like this a resource like this and turning it into uh fundraising but bottom line how many teachers are doing that you know how many people are looking at this as a supplemental income and i kind of have a problem with that i guess ethically because i am really um, bound by that idea of as a profession, everyone helps each other out. And that's why I'm, I'm so sure. often on Twitter helping people out. And I participate in like the English companion Ning where there's always new teachers on there asking for advice and asking for help. But I mean, yep. Hey, to each their own. I certainly understand where he's coming from. And I think that, uh, to that end, the conversation, uh, helped shed some light on maybe that other side of the coin that I was uh, ignoring last episode when we talked about this. Yeah, to throw sure. it another and I don't of, think that. Oh, go ahead, Brian. I, I was I was going to say I don't think that by using the site. Um, I mean, if somebody said I'm not going to help anybody, I'm not going to communicate with anybody. Everybody who asks me for help, I'm going to send them to my my teachers pay teachers site and make them pay for it, or I'm going to bill them, you know, for hourly you know, talks with me and things like that. I think that would be completely inappropriate and, you know, wouldn't, um, adhere to the, what I would call the ethics of the profession. But if you published your information there and you were willing, um, in addition to that, to help people rather than being that shameless self promoter of, go buy my stuff. My philosophy is if somebody's willing to pay for it, great. That may be the only way that they're they know how to connect and and find information and that's not a problem. At the same time, if you're going to be a promoter and only help people by pointing them to that site and making them pay for it, that I disagree with. Yeah, no, to, to, to use another random Seinfeld reference, not that there's anything wrong with that. Right. Um, I'm okay with people doing it. The site itself doesn't bother me, but you ask, would I do it? And open source is in my DNA, and Creative Commons is in my DNA, and sharing is is how I've you know uh, live my life. So no, I would not sell my stuff uh, there. However, 
I don't have a problem with other people that do. And if it's good quality stuff, like I mentioned earlier, every lesson plan in every textbook was paid for. I mean, people pay for lesson plans every day. Might as well be absolutely. from a teacher as opposed to from Houghton Mifflin. No, absolutely. That that's a good I guess a good uh argument to end on with that. So where sure. where this uh came from in the first place, I'm afraid to ask this week, Brian, what exactly it is you have for us for your tip of the week. Uh, it's not going to spawn be another next show topic. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, go ahead, Brian. What first do you got of all, for us? I actually debated on not ever doing a tip again, but then <laughs> no, I figured I think it, it, it would help out really well. future show topics. <laughs> so this this week, I decided to go back to free tools and free tools only. Um, and this was another article that um, that uh, caught my eye over the course of the. Um, course of the the week um it's actually at um through a website markbrumley.com and it's a five free web 2.0 brainstorming tools and you know when i first started teaching was when um you know some of these uh software titles that were high dollar and things like that came out for brainstorming and and you know making gantt charts and you know crazy things like that they came out and um it was a big deal to spend all kinds of money on them and and whatnot and i just thought what a great little um you know quick you know five different tools um that might help you know different people doing it so we'll put the link to the article in the in the website or in our show notes um but they have a um a list of five different tools and a little description of of each one um that might be helpful for our teachers if they would like to um you know research and perhaps use those for free in their classroom yeah, I've actually used two of the five that are on the list. My favorite for a long time that's web-based is called Bubbleus or Bubble.us, I guess. And I've used that one for a long time. And then recently, now that I have an iPad and I use that in the classroom, a sixth one that I would add to that list is an iPad app. And it also is a web-based, there's a web-based version. It's called Poplet. And Poplet's another really good one to make really quick on-the-fly mind maps. And I found myself using that in class a lot now where I'll have the kids either make a uh, mind map or we'll brainstorm together and then really quickly it'll save as a JPEG and then I print it right out from there so they have a class set of notes that they can use. Um, but it, it appears that all five of the sites on that link that Brian is talking about uh, will do more or less the same thing. So if you don't have an iPad handy, sure. uh, it's a good place to go to. Well, I figured I'd just go safe by going free. <laughs> yeah, you, you're like... John agrees with this one. All right. Dodge the bullets. <laughs> well, and that actually, let me go right into my tip uh, of the week. And actually, uh, Chad mentioned it a little bit. I was planning on talking about this because it has been all the rage at my house. Um, and actually, it's not with me. It's actually with my wife. And uh, I guess if she can get this excited about something that's tacky, uh, it's that, certainly something to share. Um, Chad mentioned starting up a Pinterest uh, list for some of his... his uh, uh, content on Teachers Pay Teacher. And I want to talk about that. Pinterest is actually a really interesting site. Uh, I've heard about it in the past and kind of ignored it, but it seems to be catching uh, on and uh, it's certainly worth the mention. Pinterest is basically um, a really cute version of, say, Digo or Delicious or any of those kinds of like social uh, file or social link sharing sites. 
Um, what it allows you to do is go through and it's like a virtual pin board is what they call it. It gives you a chance to organize and share um, all kinds of websites and things that you find on the web. My wife's been using it. She has a different pin board um, for, say, her baking. So whenever she finds a good um, a recipe, she puts it, uh, pins it to that board and then you can share that out with other people. Very similar to like Facebook. Instead of seeing your wall, they can see your Pinterest board and uh but she has one for that and she has one for like arts and crafts with the kids she has one for home decorating ideas and it, it kind of uh expedites the process of searching through actually she was just telling me today that she loves it because you know we just redid our living room and rather than going on to lowes.com or going on to you know any of those other fancy websites that show home decorating stuff and hoping something catches her eye she can go into the pinterest and in the search just look for home decorating and then all kinds of things pop up and it's very streamlined and very like I said it's just it's a cutesy little site I see why she likes it it's very user friendly especially for people who aren't into um, you know real web techie words lots of words there's not a lot of words on the site <laughs> I, I will just say, say if you auto link this to Facebook I will unfriend you yeah <laughs> that's from last week yeah you're right because yeah, no golden I, plungers and no Pinterest you don't uh, care about the, well it's my wife is a big Pinterest user, and I had to have this talk with her because I was getting 50, <laughs> you know, every hour. I could tell when she sat down at the computer because I'd get like 40 Pinterest posts on her her, her stream just in like 10 minutes. And I'm like, honey, you really need to unlink that, honestly. Well, my wife hasn't linked it to her Facebook yet, but uh, that has been her big thing. And I had such a guilty pleasure, I have to admit. Um, on my iPad, I have been doing a lot of words with friends. That's been my, my favorite app. But my brother was over. He's uh, a little bit younger than I am. He just turned 21. And he said, oh, all the rage. You got to look at uh, Tiny Tower. I said, what's Tiny Tower? That sounds stupid. And he said, no, it's this app. You build a tower. And it's got like these really like pixely, like cheap graphics. And it's so cool. And I said, this is so dumb. And that's all I've been doing for the last like 48 hours is playing stupid Tiny Tower. Uh, but over the weekend, I think my wife and I sat in the same room together for like six hours, uh, not talking to each other because I was playing Tiny Tower on the iPad and she was pinning things on her Pinterest. So that's uh, that's how we roll in the Mikulski house. That's the new age, the digital age version of quality time together. Yeah, once in a while we'd, yeah. uh, we'd Facebook comment to each other just to make sure we were still alive and uh, call yeah. it a night. Then. You know, on that note, I need to pitch my family under the bus. <laughs> because you know the other day you know it was about a I don't know two weeks ago my uh, sister-in-law um, or I don't know sister-in-law once removed or all of these things basically my wife's brother and, and his wife had a baby so Melody goes and you know spends you know hours and hours with them as the baby's getting ready to come and, and whatnot. And so she's stuck there with her iPhone and starts downloading a bunch of apps. And this is, you know, my wife who will make fun of me if I play a nine hole game of, you know, stick man golf or, you know, something like that because, you know, my nose is in the device and everything. But I will let you know that for the past two weeks solid, both my wife and my oldest daughter are like stuck on these games of pet shop and pocket potions. And I have no idea what even is going on in these games, 
but now I have the opportunity to tease and make fun about, you know, other people in our house other than me with their nose in a device. And it's, it's rather liberating. <laughs> show, show them tiny tower and all of you will be on tiny tower building your tiny towers. Tiny, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to download tiny tower just so it shows up on their device and see what happens. And it's not even, you know, the, the problem um, I have with that app, the graphics are intentionally bad. Like it's the old eight bit graphics and it's such a dumb premise, but really tiny tower. <laughs> it's like the most, like it's the least masculine name. Like for me to say before, like I play words of friends, I sounded smart, tiny tower. What is that? What kind of image does that send emit from me? Not, Don't not say, a good no, one. Done. <laughs> let's, let's call it, a, let's call it an John, episode. John, it's a better image than the accordion. <laughs> I don't know. I, I beg to differ. I can say that there's some uh, finesse that goes into accordionship, but I don't know if the same can be said about Tiny Tower. No, 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 no. You just ask about your manhood. You didn't ask about your finesse. Ah, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, on that note, um, I will say, and I had a question for you guys. Um, this is another one of those, you know glimpses into our family but have you guys ever had one of your children just pitch you under the bus at when you you come home from work or something like that well tonight we're getting ready for dinner and and things like that and and melody had said she'd had kind of a bad day and everything and so my nine-year-old proceeds to actually just absolutely just throw her under the bus by saying that she was crying. And I said, what was wrong, honey? And Melody just gets this, you know, sheepish, embarrassed look on her face. And she was watching a TV show and she started to tear up. And so here's my nine-year-old just pitching her under the bus, talking to her about how mom was, had a really bad day because she was crying in the <laughs> about this TV show. <laughs> and I was just wondering if, if that only happens in our family or if that happens to you guys too. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely need to get all the kids on and have an all-kids uh, tightwad teacher show. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take the fifth on that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm trying to think of, of what my, my daughter has told my, my wife on me for before, and there's all kinds of things, but none of them I could get into without like a 10-minute backstory, and I think we're, we're getting low on time. Is that right, Mark? Uh, super quick story. I was yeah. gone for a full week at a conference that I was presenting at. Uh, been gone and had talked to my kids on the phone a couple of times. I come home after a, a long trip in from the convention. I come through the back door carrying my bag, weary, and my, at the time, uh, three-year-old daughter runs up to me, throws her arms up and says, Daddy, 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 what'd you bring me? Yep. <laughs> I'm so excited to see what you brought me. I didn't get a hug. I didn't get a hello. I didn't get a, I got, what'd you bring me? Nice. Yep. No, I, yeah, that's what you love about little kids. Misery love company, so it's good to know that I'm not the only one. So, Brian, yeah. if people wanted to share their stories about kids doing crazy things, where could they do that? <laughs> well, um, it, on this podcast, there are probably two ways. The first one, um, because we would like to shamelessly plug, um, would be the forums over at elementop.com. 
The second one, which is a fantastic way to get a hold of us, would be via Twitter. And you can do that at elementopi slash teacher or at John Mikulski, at Bruger, or at Mark Cockrell. Um, and then, of course, uh, if you'd like to find us as well as many other Element OP sh- uh, shows, you can venture on over to elementopi.com slash teacher. And I would just like to specify for just a moment, it is my website, it is my company, it is Element OP, not Element Opi, as a, a, co- a colleague of mine recently said on his own podcast. He was giving me a plug, and I appreciate that, but he got the name wrong. <laughs> it's Element OP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Well, and I also want to point out too that uh, you know we've been talking forever about Facebook, and you can like us on there. And just last week, um, we we finally have started adding content to the Facebook page. So um, you really can like us now, and you really will get all kinds of good things. And as additive in- added incentive, uh, the first thing I put on there—I don't know if you guys saw—was um, the now infamous picture of the accordion. So if you want to see that and you want to see why accordions are constantly referenced on our show, um, go over and like us on Facebook. Absolutely. See, Mark, the the accordion is good for something. That should be the new (laughs) logo for the show. (laughs) Oh, don't tempt me. Do not tempt me. Uh, All right. Well, before we, uh, we say goodbye for the evening, I just want to, uh, give a, a quick plug for next week's show. Next week, we're going to have uh, Chris Baron, who's a teacher from Martha's Vineyard, um, doing all kinds of really cool things with Skype and um, just connecting students around the world. And a really fascinating story. He's kind of the guy that uh, I think every teacher wants to be like, but not really sure how to do it. So uh, that'll be our guest for next week. And it's going to be a, a pretty pretty good conversation, I think. I'm looking forward to it because it's something that's kind of up my alley. But um, I, I have to say, honestly, he's not I'm not as good as he is. That's a hard hard pill to swallow. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting some ideas from him. And I don't believe he's going to charge us for them. So, hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen, uh, it, was a, it was a pleasure uh, for this week. I am going to say this is John. So long. And this is Brian. I will be billing you for the podcast fee <laughs> next week. And this is Mark erasing you from my Facebook page.